Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. How many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Big blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Hey, what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the episode of Dodgers Dugout Live, another late-night episode of Dodgers Dugout Live because we had to do it because we have a lot going on in the world of Dodger baseball. We've got the Tyler Glasnow, Manuel Margot for Johnny DeLuca and Ryan Pepio trade to dive into. We're going to break it down. How was the return on that? Was it the right move? We're going to talk about Yamamoto, stuff I've heard today. We're going to break down the entire Shohei Otani introductory press conference. I was in the house. Got some big takeaways from that. So it's a jam-packed show. Now, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. And this is the number one Dodgers show on YouTube, Dodgers Dugout Live. And it's all thanks to you. And, of course, I'm looking for those comments of the show. So be sure to drop those comments. I want all your takes because we have a lot to get into on this one. But what an exciting day at Dodgers Stadium. And a truly historic press conference. You had show. Hey Otani in Dodger blue. The photoshops, those were nice. The jersey swaps, those were well done. But we got to see what he really looked like in the flesh, in the wedding gown white with number 17. And I thought it was so well done. It was so packed. I have never seen that many media members at any place at the same time in my entire life. You go to my Twitter, I posted a picture. It was like the line for Space Mountain in the middle of the summer. I mean, there was a lot of people. It was like as many people as you're going to see at a Rays postseason game. There was a ton of people at this event, and we're going to get into it. But what a great day, a joyous day for Dodgers fans to get to see their superstar franchise player, Shohei Otani, in the flesh, wearing Dodger blue. We did get some interesting nuggets here and there. Not too many big takeaways as far as the things he had to say, but we will get into them. But first, of course, the big story tonight is Tyler Glasnow is heading to L.A. along with Manuel Margot in exchange for Johnny DeLuca and Ryan Pepio. Jeff Passan, he tweeted out during the end of the press conference that it was going down and... He tweeted out, breaking, Los Angeles Dodgers and Tampa Bay Rays are in agreement on a trade to send right-handed pitcher Tyler Glasnow and outfielder Manuel Margot to the Dodgers. Right-handed pitcher Ryan Pepio and outfielder Johnny DeLuca contingent on Glasnow signing an extension with L.A., which is expected, sources tell ESPN. So we knew for days now that this trade was happening. If you saw what I tweeted at 2.48 in the afternoon a couple days ago when I tweeted Tyler Glasnow in a Dodgers uniform, that is when I learned of the news that they were going to get this trade done and that it was just only a matter of time. And of course, Bruce Coons gave him all the credit in the world. I love the fact that he was on this, so that was spectacular. He was on the show the other day and... 
Sterling Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, this is a move that they had to make, but the big the big surprise there is at the end you see an extension. So not only are they trading for Tyler Glass now, a much needed ace level pitcher, they are going to sign him to an extension. We'll get into some of the numbers, some of the years, how that impacts impacts the Dodgers rotation not just this year but moving forward what does this mean for Walker Bueller who will be a free agent after next season so there's so much to unpack with this trade and really I think it starts with Tyler Glasnow so we're going to dive into but first I want to read some of your comments guys welcome to Dodgers dugout live why extend an injury prone starter? that's from Isaiah over on YouTube well look typically you don't see this typically you don't see a trade and extend. I mean, we saw it a few years ago with the Cincinnati Reds when they traded for Sonny Gray and they signed him to that extension. But typically, this does not happen. But it lets you know that the Dodgers, they like what they see and they're trying to capitalize and get him on some sort of a team-friendly contract because they believe in his stuff. I think you could see him signing a deal around four years. We look at his age and where he's at in his career I think that really is the magic number. Something around four years, maybe with a club option, maybe a fifth year, maybe you sign him to a three-year extension that has a higher AAV, but I think four years makes the most sense because when you consider his age, he turned 30 back in August, and I think you're also going to see plenty of incentives, right? Because let's be honest here, his career high in starts is 21. That was last season. His career high in innings pitched is 120, which was last season. This is not a guy that has a long track record of durability. Of course, you don't want to break the glass now, okay? You don't want this glass to shatter but still what the Dodgers are viewing in this situation is a guy that when he's on the mound he has electric stuff he has dominant stuff like I said the prototypical power pitcher a guy who has a plus plus fastball he's got a filthy curveball filthy slider a nasty pitch mix that is going to help this team look you put him in this rotation right now save for maybe Bobby Miller on his best day. And even then, this guy has the best stuff on the Dodgers day one. That's how good he is when he's on. I mean, we're talking about Tyler Glass now, a guy that, yes, has had durability issues, but the stuff is electric. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy. And I think the Dodgers view this as an opportunity to say, okay, you're from Southern California, Let's take advantage of this. Let's get a deal done. Let's get an extension. Starting pitching is expensive. If Tyler Glasnow were to get traded to the Dodgers, which he is, and had a season where he goes, if he replicated the season he had last year, he would put himself up for a payday easily north of $100 million because teams now, they're paying for rate stats, right? They're not paying for counting stats. Look at Carlos Rodon's deal that he signed a few years ago. So I think you look at the, the year he had, if you look at, I mean, 2023, like I said, 21 starts, 
I mean, if you replicate that and he has success and he has success in the postseason, that is going to be where they need to be. I mean, you're talking about someone who has been one of the best pitchers when he's been on the mound, and that's what they're focused on. And as long as he can just stay healthy, they got themselves an ace-level pitcher. And like I said, if you look at some of his numbers since 2018, since 2019, he is someone who has a – nasty, nasty pitch pitch that's had success. I mean, look at the strikeout rate. Look at the FIP. Look at the expected numbers. They're all, all in line with what an ace is capable of doing. Since 2019, a 303 ERA, a 289 FIP, a 277 expected FIP, a 35 percent strikeout rate. I mean, you also look at the walk rate at just over seven. The fastball velocity, 96.4 miles per hour. It's in the 80th percentile. His F4 at 4.2 per 150. That's a really, really good number. So for me, I absolutely, you guys saw I was pushing for this trade before anyone was linking the Tampa Bay to the Dodgers months ago because I thought that this would be a situation where you can get a pitcher that has stuff that not only will help you in the regular season, but most importantly in the postseason. So that's my big takeaway from this is this is a move for October. This is a move for the World Series. And yes, your counter to that is probably, wait a minute, he has a 5.72 postseason ERA. Yes, that's true. But you got to bet on the stuff. Isaiah says on YouTube, bring me Freed. That was one of my first takeaways. A couple of my takeaways as far as how this impacts the rotation in the future. One, mainly, what does this mean for Walker Bueller? Because next season, presumably you have Tony Gonson coming back. You have Dustin May coming back. Shohei Otani is going to be back on the mound. You have Tyler Glass now. You got Bobby Miller. We'll see what happens with Gavin Stone. Emmett Sheehan, they're extremely high on. This points to the possibility, the strong possibility that this could be Walker Buehler's last year in Dodger Blue because this is not going to be the end of their trades this offseason. This won't be the end of them trying to fortify this rotation. This is just the first big addition. There will be another starting pitcher that they're going to add to this rotation. I think dream scenario, dream scenario the rotation is Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Clayton Kershaw comes back and he pitches at some point in the middle of the summertime. And I hear you out there saying Kirsch is done, this and that, but no, Kirsch has earned the right. And also, you got that next crop, the Landon Knacks. They'll get their opportunities this year to contribute. I think you could see a little six-man rotation at times. We know the injuries are inevitable. So I think when you look at where this rotation sits moving forward, it's not just about, yes, got to win in 2024. It's also about about setting yourself up beyond that. And I think what Andrew Friedman and this organization, what they're very cognizant of is they're very conscientious of the fact that, look, there's 10 to 15 human beings on this planet that can throw the pill like the Glasnows of the world. And they are banking on the stuff. Like I said, I get it. Probably the worst name you could have for an injury-prone pitcher, glass now, made of glass. I see it. I understand what you're saying. But I think you look at last season after the oblique injury, 
he was able to go out there and perform and stay on the mound. And hopefully this is where he's at. Now let's go down on the comment section. Tampa also rebuilds pitchers. What up, 275 vet? How you doing, my guy? We got what about Lux? I think Dodgers should move on from him. That's from Sentinel Gabriel. I hope they trade Margot by the deadline. That's from Elite underscore Jeremiah. Yeah, I think a lot of people out there. They're not happy about Margot. You wanted something bigger. Johnny DeLuca is someone who he's extremely, extremely fast. He can help you on the base pass. He's played 24 games at the big league level. That's how many games Johnny DeLuca has played? 24 games and 262, 311, 429, 102. Way to runs, created plus. He's been absolutely a beast at the minor league level. He's raked at the minor league level last couple of seasons since the start of 2022 at the minor league level in 171 games. He's hit 42 bombs, has a very impressive 10.4% walk rate and also impressive 16.7% strikeout rate. He's hit 274, 365, 552 and has a 135 weighted runs created plus. So I do think this guy could be a high OPS guy, a plus WRC plus type player. And yes, that is a possibility. If the Rays want you, that's because they see the potential in you. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers needed an ace. And you can say that Tyler Glasnow hasn't proven to be an ace for the duration of a whole season, but the Dodgers are focused on winning in October. They see Glasnow as a game one or two starter, and I think they're excited to get their hands on him, not just the pitching coaches and Dr. Mark Pryor and Connor McGinnis, but also the training staff trying to keep him healthy. Six foot eight, a seven and a half foot extension to the plate. He's practically stepping on home plate when he's coming right at you with a with his heater, with his curveball, with his slider. And what makes it that much more interesting is they're going to get an extension done. It hasn't been announced. We don't really even have an idea on the numbers and what it could be. Like I said, if you look at the going rate for starting pitchers, 25 million, 30 million, something in that range. Are you going to get some type of discount with the injury history? To me, it's something four years 85 to 95 million dollar range something like that potentially but i also think it's going to be an incentive-laden contract that allows him to earn a lot more money if he's able to avoid major injuries and able to perform like he's capable of doing so i definitely think this it makes all the sense in the world i love me some ryan pepio i was I texted him an hour ago, and I think he's going to be just fine. And look, I understand you're saying, okay, you're trading a pitcher that was going to be in this rotation for another pitcher. We need pitchers, right? Here's the thing. There's not one organization out there that would tell you that Tyler Glasnow is a number three in the starting rotation. They wouldn't do that. They would say he's a one, but he just has issues staying healthy, right? So that's what you're doing. You are banking on the upside. You're banking on the potential. And I think for a team that's determined on to win a World Series with a parade in a full 162-game season, 
that's those are the kind of moves that you need to make. You need to take some risks. And yes, this is a risk. This is a massive risk. But still, it's a risk I think that's worth taking when you consider the talent level of Glasnow. There's a world where if he avoids major injury, then he's a top five pitcher in baseball. Because if you look at his statistics for the amount of innings that he's pitched in the last couple of seasons – He's right there in the top five in most categories. So it's just a matter of keeping him healthy. And I know I hear you out there. That's a big if. But I think this move is a no-brainer move. This is not a move you're going to regret by the Dodgers. Because as good as I think Pepio can be, as good as I think Johnny DeLuca can be, I still think that you're going to avoid the Jordan Alvarez's and those types of deals, the Pedro Martinez types of deals. You're not going to see a situation like that. But And I get it. Also, too, a few days ago, people were saying, well, wait a second. I don't want Tyler Glasnow for one year. We're not going to Pepio for five. Well, guess what? Now you're getting Glasnow plus an extension. So you are possibly going to get him for four or five years. So it makes more sense now that you know that an extension is being carried out. And like I said, Walker Buehler. Are his days numbered? I think that would point to that for sure. But here, let's go back in the comment section. Give me your grade for the trade. What do you grade the trade? Because we're going to talk about Manuel Margot next. I have some encouraging numbers that might make you feel a little better about Margot. Why not go get Snell then, Phillip? Because, look, I've heard they're not even in on Snell at all. And if you guys have watched this show for months, I said the same thing. I've... Never been in on Snell because you are going to overpay. The reality is if Snell had a typical Snell season, which is a good season, trust me, it's an ERA in the 3-4, 3-5 range. But still, it's not the season that he put together where he's a Cy Young winner, right? It's not that kind of season. I mean, I like Blake Snell. Trust me, I do. I think he's a big game pitcher. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is he's due for some major regression and he's just going to cost a lot of money. I mean, you're like talking about $200 million for a pitcher that is 31 years old. That doesn't make sense. That's bad business. It truly is. Because you're, I mean, a 225 ERA last season, but look at the FIP, a 362. The disparity there, that points to the regression. The expected FIP at 362, the FIP at 344, the ERA, 225, the expected ERA, 377. Now, you see out there, DMAC, well, how's that happen? You got a 256 batting average on balls in play. You also look at the strand rate was the highest in his career. So you're not going to see him strand runners at that rate next season. But I still think it's a great pitcher. I just don't think at 31 for $200 million, it makes a ton of sense. I'd much rather have Yamamoto. But uh one nine nine. That's from Angel Villalobos. What up, Angel Villalobos? Over there, appreciate you over there. We got yes, Pep was on the Glasnow trade. Don, do you think we go after Sh- Shota Imanaga? Haven't heard too much about that. I did speak to an insider today about Yamamoto. Make of this what you will. It does feel like a lot of the predictions out there are throwing the Yankees and the New York teams. I'm still holding out hope that he's a Dodger because, like I said, he makes perfect sense for this rotation. By the way, he just won his third straight MVP, only the third player in NPB history to do something like that and accomplish a feat like that. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you need another ace, and it makes you wonder, 
will they be out on the Dylan C sweepstakes? Because there's also a world where you don't get Yamamoto and then you revisit the cease trade. And then you got cease under contract for two years. You got Shohei back on the mound next year. You got Glass now extended. You got Bobby Mill and you got Sheehan. Then you got some stability in that rotation for a couple of seasons. And you're also not going out there and paying $200, $300 million for starting pitching. So that's another way to look at it, too. I think you still have Michael Bush. Michael Bush, if he was right-handed, it would make a lot of sense. It would be nice if he was a right-handed hitter. He would have a better chance of getting some opportunities on this team, I believe. But you still have to trade him at some point. You still have Nick Frasso. You got River Ryan. You got pitchers. You got players out there that you can't include in deals. Diego Cartai is still someone who I think you could sell to teams out there based on potential. Josue DePaula. I mean... The Dodgers have to go out there and get another starting pitcher on top of Tyler Glass now. You also need someone else that can eat innings like a Lucas Giolito potentially too. Now, let's talk a little bit about Manuel Margot. Give me your grades for the trade. Welcome to Dodgers Dugout Live, by the way. The number one Dodgers show on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. If you're subscribed, you're eligible for our giveaways. I'm doing the winner for the Shohei Otani jersey. You got to go follow me on Twitter, DMAC underscore LA. Be sure to do that. And that's coming pretty soon. But, yeah, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see Yamamoto and Dodger Blue, hit that like button. If you want to give your Los Angeles Dodgers some love for making this guy right here, Shohei Otani, a reality Hit that like button as well. Another great day to be a Dodger fan. I mean, you just got to love what we saw today. It was magical at Dodger Stadium. Of course, Dick O'Pin or Decoy, his dog. So we'll get into that in a little bit. So I want to continue to break down this trade. DMAC, you'll be calling him Tyler Glass Arm in six months. Finish him. We got LFG. Uh, does Brian Glasnow convince Snell to sign with us? DMAC Freeman is going to you trade a no a number four pitch like Pepio for an ace like Glasnow. Exactly. Oral Sacks, five dollars appreciate four year extension guaranteed structured. I like that. So a B plus from Sabatini, a C from Tommy Tiger, C from BC, A minus from Maddie Man Dodge, Killer Guy through eight says B minus, E minus, Ethan says B minus, B plus for Johnny Rodriguez. We need a lefty starter now. Montgomery, Marcos, Perez, B from Alex, Margot sucks. That's from Isaiah. We got Jared Cold F. Michael B plus now the world 13 a we got C plus from Dan inspiration B minus from Sergio no to Snell that's from MBS C minus from Brianna Rochelle Snell hates the Dodgers that's from Rudy a B from Nani Garcia if glass now is healthy and a minus if not a B minus yeah we just need to not break the glass we got Margot isn't worthy to play for the Dodgers. AAAA plus 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 from Vacayville franchise. The DMAC, we need a lefty though. We need a work horse like Monty. That's from Patrick McFarland. A B minus from Nathan Brandon. Killer guy says B minus. Carlos says A. Noah 15 says A. DMAC is right on Snell. Snell is a scam. That's from Isaiah. Love you, DMAC. <laughs> you remind me of Ned Coletti. Interesting. I'll tell the Godfather that next time. I'm going to make an offer I can't refuse. I'm a reasonable man. Um, 
In case of emergency, break the glass now. That's a fire take. Fire take. See is fair until we see what we get from Margot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people I see think that Margot is a potential trade ship. I think that you could do worse than a Margot and Jason Hayward platoon situation there in right field. You absolutely could. And the thing about Manuel Margot is this. Manuel Margot is someone who he's a decent base runner he's an above average defender when he's healthy and also he's got some very interesting splits he's got some very interesting numbers that could potentially indicate that he could have more success with the Dodgers than he did in recent vintage with the Tampa Bay Rays last year with Tampa Bay 311 at bats he had four home runs, hit 264, had a 310 on base percentage, a 376 slug, had a 91 OPS plus. So his bat was 9% below league average based on OPS plus, had a 686 OPS. So yeah, those numbers, they don't knock your socks off. If you look at his best season offensively, he had a 104 OPS plus last year in his age 27 season. As far as home runs go, his career high was 12 back in 2000, no, 13 back in 2017. He had 12 in 2019. So he's a guy that his home run numbers have gone down. He's hit four in each of the last two seasons. Postseason, his got a good, decent amount of experience 26 games, a 753 OPS. So that doesn't wow you. But. A number I find pretty interesting looking at his splits is if you look at his home and away numbers from the trot versus outside of the trot, at home, he had a 589 OPS. He hit 219 in 157 plate appearances. Away, he hit 303 with the 771 OPS. So he was a much better player on the road than he was at home. You've heard of players complain about the lights and the batter's eye and the dome of the trop and that monstrosity, bad excuse for a baseball stadium that shouldn't exist. But yeah, you also look at the fact that as a right-handed hitter, he has had success against lefties versus lefties in his career. He's slashing 281, 341, 420 with a 109 weighted runs created plus. So for his career, he's 9% above league average against righties. He has a career 82 weighted runs created plus, sit 244. So not great against righties, but like I said, this move was about getting glass now and a depth piece and a guy that you can platoon with Jason Hayward and right. I would say that when you're looking at the Dodgers offensively and a potential weakness, yeah, I think there's a world where Hayward regresses and Margot isn't fantastic. I think defensively, they'll perform well. He also provides a backup option in center field for James Outman. And I do think that there's a pretty damn good chance, though, that they can get him to be league average. But he's not going to be an impact bat for you, anything like that. But let's not forget, you just signed Shohei Otani. You still have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Will Smith. You still have James Altman's emerging. Gavin Lux is back. You still have Chris Taylor. I mean, there's still a lot of pieces on this team that can carry the load offensively. This team's not going to win or lose the World Series because of Manuel Margot. If Manuel Margot is costing this team games, then a lot of things went wrong. So I think you could do worse. 
I think another big takeaway, we talked about how Glasnow potentially impacts Walker Bueller. How does Manuel, uh, every single time we do a live stream, you guys always ask me about Kike Hernandez. And I think that the more days that go by, the less likely it is that he's back in Dodger blue. And I think this is another move that, indicates that because Kike is someone who can play the outfield really played mostly outfield for the Dodgers yes he can play in the infield defensively he grayed out atrociously with the Red Sox last year on the infield but it does feel like most likely he isn't going to be back because if you look at Glasnow He's, of course, going to be taking home the $25 million, but we don't know what the extension number is going to look like. And then you look at Manuel Margot, his contract for next season. He ended up signing that two-year $19 million deal. Next year, he's making $10 million, and he has a mutual for $12 million in 2025. But all in all, like I said, it's not going to knock your socks off, but I still think that there's a possibility of adding another right-handed bat. I don't think they're going to go out there and sign like a Teoscar Hernandez or anything like that. But if there's one position, you want to shore up the starting rotation heading into the season, I would be shocked if they didn't add two ace-level pitchers. They've already added one, but they're going to get one more. Whether it be Cease, whether it be Burns, whether it be Yamamoto, they're going to find a way to acquire one more. And then you're going to get a pitcher on the other tier that can really help supplement some of the innings up and down this rotation. And then you're also... They've been in some talks about Josh Hader. I don't know how real those are. I mean, when you consider Josh Hader's market... How big is it? How robust is it when you consider the money commands? So I still think the rotation is going to be fine. I also believe that if there's one position or need that you want to address during the season, the easiest one would be to add a right-handed bat. Those can be had. So all in all, I give this grade, this trade for this grade, I'm giving this a, a solid A. This to me is an A because, look, as much as I love Ryan Pepio as a friend, as much as I love Johnny DeLuca's potential, and the fact he looks like Ron saying he's from Southern California and he's fast, and he's someone who definitely, like I said, could be an OPS machine. You have to do whatever you can to try to get ace pitchers. This team lost in the NLDS because of their offense, but they would have ultimately failed because they didn't have the requisite starting pitching. And it's a one thing to get starting pitchers that can help you in the regular season, like what they were trying to do with Lance Lynn. It's another thing to get ones that have the stuff that plays up in the postseason. And the reality is there's only a handful of those guys on the planet, and they just added one in Tyler Glasnow, who already has some of if not the best stuff on the team the best raw stuff on the team but uh give me your give me your grade for the trade i'm gonna give it an a i've got to give it an a pretty much the only devil's advocate take there is that he's injured he becomes a bust like pitcher like jason schmidt right he has tons of injuries but i just don't believe that's going to be the case i think that optimistically speaking, this organization wouldn't trade for a guy if they didn't think that there was a decent shot that they could keep him healthy. But let's go down below in the comments section. Thanks for rocking with us here on Dodgers Dugout Live, another late-night edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. Hope you guys are liking the late-night streams. We're bringing these back because there's just too much to talk to, too much to get into, too much news. But I lost my comments here. But still, look, I mean, I think... When you look at where they're at, 
I, by the way, I love how Andrew Friedman, he, it feel like this deal was done. He just kind of wanted to prolong because he didn't want to have a distraction or take any limelight away from Otani. Just when I started trusting Pepio, by the way, who's going to pitch game four now, guys? I mean, he would have pitched, look, Ryan Pepio would have pitched a perfect game in game four. Can we all agree with that? A-plus for sure from It's Nolan, Shelby, and Brazier. Yeah, I would love to have Ryan Brazier back. Lynn on a plane to Toronto. That's from Valo RV. That's a fire. Fire We used to glass add now, glass now. Okay. Will Cartaya come this year? Uh, I would say no to that. Who's going to the Korea game? I'll be there. You need to drink more of those. Haters, tears, D-Max. Yeah, I definitely do. I don't have them on my water, but uh, D-Max Freeman is going to trade Margo back to the Rays for Rose Rand. They won't be a plus ass from Vivian and Nika. Yeah, what I was told is this asking price was high on Rose Rand. It'll be interesting if we learn any information in the coming days about how aggressive or if the Dodgers inquired for Randy Rose Randy because now that's looking like the all-time troll job where Randy was just throwing fuel on the fire there posting a picture on his Instagram of him and Otani and taking the Rays out of the bio so that, looking back we'll have to find out what happened there was it decoy look at this this is from Carnivorous Lunar Activity was it decoy as in the jet was a decoy was Otani trolling the Jays hey I too own a tinfoil hat I respect that theory yeah so why don't we talk about Shohei Otani's introductory press conference because I was in the house felt like every media member in the entire world was in the house 70 million people 70 million people tuned in to watch Shohei Otani get introduced as a Los Angeles Dodger and it was really awesome. I thought that he was just going to do 3% of the press conference and then do 90, the 97% and starting in 2034 with some deferrals. No, but look, seriously, I thought well, some of my biggest takeaways is, one, I think that it really got out to a pretty buzzkill of a start when that lady, the AP reporter, asked him about the Tommy John surgery and if they were using that as leverage, and that's why they didn't want to announce it. Okay? What was that about? That's not the type of question that you ask at an introductory press conference. But look, even then, do you get your reporter on? I totally get it. I'm not judging that per se. But for me, it was, it didn't make any sense. Do you truly believe? Well, first of all, that. You do realize that the Dodgers will have access to medicals, one. And two, do you really believe that had he just disclosed that it was some type of arm injury, let's say it'd be a Tommy John repair or a flexor tendon repair, that the Dodgers would say, okay, no, we're not giving you the $700 million. Let's just let's pretend we are inside the boardroom there at Dodger Stadium. And you got Otani and Nez Bolello. You got Andrew Freeman and Brandon Gomes and company. And they're looking at each other in the eyes. And Andrew Freeman's asking Otani, hey, so was it Tommy John? And were they saying no comment? Right? Absolutely not. They knew that he had a arm injury that required surgery that was going to keep him out in 2025. That's the only thing that mattered. 
right? And then Otani had a funny response saying, you got to ask my doctor. And he even says, Otani does that his recovery time is faster this time around. He feels better, quicker than he did after the first Tommy John surgery. He's already taking dry swings. He was someone that I think is definitely on the mend quicker this time around. I think that's because they're being truthful. I mean, I do think this is not identical to your traditional Tommy John surgery. So I just thought that it felt like, oh, this is some gotcha question or some interesting question. But I think at the end of the day, the Dodgers knew what they were getting themselves into. They knew he wasn't going to pitch next season. And whether it be a traditional Tommy John surgery or something a little different, it wasn't going to change the calculus on the contract. They knew that they're getting an MVP bat. They also know what they're getting from a business standpoint. And I just found it funny because I just thought it was, I, I just thought it was a little irrelevant. I truly did. Now, but I digress on that one. Now, another couple, I think honestly, the most interesting nugget, I mean, he obviously said all the right things. I want to win a world series. The Dodgers and him shared the same vision and that this organization is one of the best run organizations. But I thought, the thing that stood out for me was when Otani was asked a question by one of the Japanese reporters. He said during the pitch meeting, the thing that stood out to him the most by the Dodgers, Otani said, they said that when they look back at the last 10 years, even though they made the playoffs every single year, one World Series ring, they considered that a failure. And when I heard that, I knew they were all about winning. So, the Dodgers, they told Shohei Otani, the last 10 years, we won one World Series in 2020. It was a failure. And that is what resonated with him. That is what sparked the fire in him. And I think that you got to congratulate this Dodgers organization because clearly there was a courtship here. Clearly, this was not a guaranteed slam dunk. Here's the contract. Just sign it. No, the Dodgers still had to sell him on their vision, still had to prove to him their commitment to winning. And Otani clearly bought what they were saying. And then his response to that was, okay, deferrals. We're going to defer 97% of this contract. So the present day value makes a $46 million hit on the CBT. And then you're able to put some more pieces around me and maximize it that way. So that definitely was a big tell for me was that the organization from a sales job, they knocked this one out of the park. So you got to give them a lot of credit for doing just that. So that to me was a big takeaway. And I also think that Otani talking about his decision to do that. Also, they asked Otani when he made the decision. They asked him when he made the decision. And I think this one, he's going to say the right things, right? He's going to do things out of respect. But he said, I made the announcement on my Instagram and I made a decision the night before. So Tony said he made the decision the night before. But when you look at how complicated this contract is, I highly doubt that. I think what that is, is Otani respecting the team's that he visited with, respecting the teams that he met with, the Toronto Blue Jays, going all the way to Florida to look at their practice facilities, going meeting with the Giants. I think that's what that is and not making it look like, okay, I'm just out there taking my visits, but I'm not seriously considering these other teams. I think that he truly 
out of respect, made that decision to say that. But I also thought Kirsten Watson's interview after Kirsten Watson's interview after was incredible. I think you guys are saying that as far as the questions that you should ask at some of these press conferences, right? I mean, Kirsten Watson asked him about the flight tracking. And what did Otani say? He said he was at home chilling. He was on his couch with his dog. He thought it was funny. And then he asked him, and then she asked him about playing with Freddie Freeman in Mookie Betts. And you heard Dave Roberts talk about how they were in the clubhouse after doing some training. And Otani joked, yet Otani and Freddie Freeman there, and Otani joked with Doc, okay, who's batting second? So just hearing some of that stuff and the fact that he chose this Dodgers organization for the main reason, and it's their commitment to winning. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that. He said, their vision is the same as mine. And just seeing that crispy Dodger uniform, that was outstanding. Of course, the dog name, that really, it was, it was one of the funniest things, really. I mean, it was one of the, you know what's funny? So, yeah, so basically if you were in the camera well part where I was, you really couldn't, you couldn't really be in there and get in the mix of questions. I'll get my time with Shohei Otani at some point. But I think, yeah, some of the things I, I really want to ask him is really from an expectation standpoint, how do you measure success? How do you measure success in your next 10 years? Is it one World Series title? Is it multiple World Series titles? Is it being perennial contenders? What is the way you measure success? Because look, individually, he's accomplished everything, right? Multiple unanimous MVPs has established himself as a elite pitcher, elite hitter. He just needs teams because success. Also, I think I would ask him one thing that I've asked some of the other players in this organization is look, Freddie and Mookie as great as they were with the Red Sox and the Braves with the Dodgers, they put up their best season statistically does Shohei think that he can take his game to a whole nother level playing with the Dodgers, with the way that they can develop, with the protection that he's going to have around him? Also, would have liked to have known how much they studied the... Because he's played with superstars, right? He's played with Freddie Free. He's played with Mike Trout. He's played with great superstars. But how big of a factor is the number 24, 25, 26 members on the roster? How big of a factor was some of the depth of this team and the Dodgers' ability and their proven track record in finding guys that can fill an entire roster? How big of an impact was that? So, yeah, I think a lot of the things for Otani was uh, – it was really just celebrating. It was really just a celebration of seeing him in a Dodgers uniform and just the fact that, look, he wasn't going to give you any real concrete information about the process, right? I don't think that that was ever going to be a thing. Frankie says, I'm learning Japanese. We got uh, Mike Decoy signing with Toronto. That was such a uh, – that was a, that was hilarious. The whole decoy thing was crazy. I thought – I mean, I thought uh, the, the word on the street was that – he was going to, uh, and you you literally saw headlines breaking. Shohei's dog is named Decoy, right? I mean, it was it was outstanding, really. The fact that that uh, that was known, and I think for me, the fact that you're starting to see him open up. I mean, even that's a small example, but it's going to be very interesting to see how well we get to know Shohei Otani, how much he does open up as the years go along, to see him interact with his teammates. I'm really excited to see all those developments as he truly immerses himself in this organization. I think that's going to be very interesting because he's getting 
going to mature, right? He's going to turn 30. He's going to get older. And I think that he's going to feel more comfortable in this organization moving forward. But yeah, clearly that was uh, one of the, one of the big takeaways D- Dicko pen, right? Deco pen. That's the, the Japanese version. Apparently that means to get flicked in the middle of the forehead. So yeah, maybe, maybe he was doing that. Maybe, maybe he did a little Deco pen to the blue Jays and the giants and, Apparently the Angels weren't even in the mix. By the way, I thought that was um, another one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, moments there during the press conference. He kind of unknowingly threw some shade at the Angels fans. He said, "Even when I was playing with the Angels, half the stadium was blue. I know they have very passionate fans. So yeah, Dodgers fans out there that travel to these games." Give yourself a pat on the back. You were part of the reason why Shohei Otani realized that the Dodgers have elite fans. So I love that one. But it was just a great day to be a Dodgers fan. I mean, it just felt so real. The Dodgers posted some really cool images of him in the full uniform. If you haven't checked that out, go over to their social media to check that out. And really just the... the turnout was incredible. I mean, there were just so many people there that... It just felt big. It felt like a day you're never going to forget, especially if you go on to have a lot of success. And he looked great in a Dodgers uniform. He looked like he was born to wear a Dodgers uniform. It was just uh, a match made in heaven there. I thought that was really cool. I saw Andrew Friedman, my friend, my, and we had a little moment. I thought that was cool. We kind of kind of laughing about uh, about getting Otani and just I thought it was a really great day for Andrew Friedman too. I thought Friedman he said during the introduction that Otani is arguably one of the arguably the most talented baseball player to ever play. And I think what really stood out with what Andrew Friedman said was when Friedman said that just watching Otani from afar, the thing that he appreciated the most about him is never taking a pitch off. And Friedman talked about he talked about watching him in games where the Angels were up big. Not that many games where that happened. Or when they were down big, he would never take a pitch off. If he hit a ground ball, he would run it out as fast as he could to try to get infield single. And I think those are the little things from a character standpoint, an intangible standpoint, where you feel very comfortable giving that kind of money to a player. Because the talent is there. The God-given ability is there. Right? 40, 50 home runs, 10, 15 strikeout per game potential. Right. That talent is undeniable, but it's the character and the work ethic that's going to allow Otani to age gracefully because he's never going to take his foot off the gas when it comes to improving and making adjustments, studying the iPad. So that's what I'm looking for. If I'm an executive is how are they going to put in the work when some of that quick twitch, when father time starts creeping up? That's when you start to see, okay, maybe this will be one of those 10-year deals that actually doesn't age poorly. So I think the intangibles are really huge. But uh, fire Charlie Freeman. Why? The translator needs a haircut. I like his hair. Janda score smooth. Kind of gives me some Beatles vibes. Dodgers gave Decoy some dog toys. He will receive the rest starting in 2034. Biotech Vivian over there. I love that. I did hear that, that the Dodgers did give him some dog toys. Really cool. Trade Austin Barnes to get Yamamoto. 
Who says no? Yamamoto can't be traded for, though. He's a free agent. Joe, question. When the Dodgers sign Yamamoto, who will the drop to make space on the 40-man roster, or will they trade someone to make space? Who will be on? Who will trade? Well, first of all, you do have some more DFA candidates if you want to go that route. The Hudsons, the Vanascos, or if you really want to go that route. But I do think that their plan has to be to trade some more of these guys just because their value is going to take a hit. So if you're not going to play them, you should trade them. Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas even, some of these other players that are on the 40-man roster, I think that's definitely the direction that they're going to be headed in is because, look, you can't stash these guys. They're going to lose their value. So I would I would lean towards making a trade. That's why, like I said, I mean, we'll see if they do Yamamoto. If they do not, like I said, I spoke to an insider today that thinks he's going to the Yankees, and hopefully that's not the case. But still, if that does happen, you can't rule out the Dodgers for another trade. It makes you wonder, man, are, are these teams out there going to want to help the Dodgers with the way that they're pulling off moves right now? What would be Otani's walk-up song? It's a great question. Danny Inspiration. Danin Inspiration. Yeah. What is is going to be his walk up song, man? That's. I wonder if he'll change it, man. That'd be. That'd be. Uh, it says right now, Otani has chosen Fashion Monster by Japanese pop star Kiri Pami. Uh, what? I don't know how current this is. So that'd be kind of cool if he had some. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, this. That's cool. Yeah. He'd do the. How about the greatest show? This is the great. Didn't he have the greatest show? Um, something with Showtime would be pretty cool. Um, here we go down below the comments section. Here we got uh, Get Ready to Learn English from G-Rob. Uh, heard it was initially a Rosarena over Margot, but Will Smith had a note, a Rosarena clause. That's from Danny Reyes. That's a funny thing. I right there. Normally, or ask him, would he ever consider playing a position in the field at some point to get the Dodgers roster flexibility? That's from normally. See, I, like, I think those are really good questions for sure. Like stuff like that, that you kind of ask at that introductory press conference. Really, at an introductory press conference, you want to know a couple things. One, what led you to make that decision? Have them speak glowingly about the organization, which he did. Two, what are your goals? How many World Series are you going to win? Mookie said World Series rings, plural. You, you don't want to go full LeBron, not five, five, not six, not seven, but still that's kind of what you really want to do. Kind of keep it light. Kind of keep it uh, celebratory. And, uh, yeah, how about not try to make – the uh, the player feel like they were trying to bamboozle organizations to leverage by not disclosing Tommy John information. I don't know about that. We got uh, seventeen ninety four in the chat. We got seven. Nice. Actually, the record's like four, like forty five or something. So not a record. But, um, yeah, this is the number one Dodgers YouTube sh show on YouTube. Dodgers Dog Alliance. All thanks to you guys. And it will be all season long. So, Coming at you 365, tons of giveaways, tons of exciting interviews coming up. So, yeah, guys, we have a lot of uh, exciting stuff on the way. And think of this as your show, guys. This is uh, my your show. I'm just hosting it. DMAC, what's with Otani? Talking about Mookie and Freeman. I think they're going to be a great big three. So, yeah, I'll focus on the comments for a couple minutes here. Brian, DMAC, you think the Dodgers are lining up all these pitchers not only to get better but building a six-man rotation? I think that, Brian, if you – Talk to like Dave about six man rotation. Typically, his response when I've talked to Dave about a six man rotation is it's usually born out of either a scheduling 
issue with a team or out of necessity. And really, you're going to start to see this team, I think, possibly consider it, especially with Otani in the fold. So, look, this team has depth as far as the youth is concerned. They parted ways with Pepio, but they still have the ability to do it. DMAC, why was Buzzer Bozy blaming his city for Otani not signing with him? Excuses. Vivian, yeah, I saw that. I saw a lot of people turning on Buster Posey, the local radio. Look, I mean, I'm not going to speak like I'm in the know about what's happening in San Francisco as far as living there. I mean, I have a reputation for being very expensive, but I think that's a, I think that uh, is a little bit short-sighted in underselling how great of an organization the Dodgers are, because I guarantee you could be peaks. We got the Dodger dogs out now, twenty nine ninety five. That's from Rick Spezer. Wow. That's a big price jump. It's time for Dodger baseball. That's from my guy over there. Rudy is Kershaw as good as gone. I don't think so. Rudy. I think uh, when he spoke to Dave Vassi on AM five seventy, it felt like to me that he still wants to pitch again. He clearly does. Question is, will it be with the Dodgers? I think it will. Because here's the thing, if he pitches with the Rangers again and he pitches well, for Dodgers fans, they're still just going to remember his last appearance with L.A. when he gave up six earned runs in one-third of an inning. So I think for him to really feel good about where he was, and Kirsch even told Vassay something along the lines of he wanted to have a better showing than the one he had there. If you do that with the Rangers, it'll still feel like your last start with the Dodgers was a bad start. So does it really make up for that? What's up, DMAC? What up, Swerving? 199 from Oral Sachs. <laughs> uh, he pays, the, has the best. Oh, he does, man. That guy's a great translator. DMAC wore wet Jordans to the press conference from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Uh, we got now we need Yamamoto from Alex Renteria. Vinny, 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 LFG. Posey wanted Otani to be his captain. <laughs> okay, Vivian, you're going wild here. This feels like an NBA team, super team, Lakers. That's from Yasser. This team definitely gives you super team vibes, but I will say this is not like Katie's Warriors, right? I mean, Katie's Warriors, you had the established. Draymond and Clay and Steph and then KD kind of went in there and you can say gravy train, but he was the biggest reason why they won those two titles. Also, baseball is extremely different than basketball. Basketball, you have five guys on the field. You're talking about eight man rotations at best. Mostly it's seven. Baseball is way more moving parts, but this definitely has the chance to be an all-time team. This definitely has the chance to be for the next couple years, if everything goes right, a team that's in the conversation for one of the best baseball teams of all time. 27 Yankees, you got 70s Reds, you got mid-90s team formerly known as the Indians. I mean, you got 2000s, early 2000s Yankees. I mean, some of the best baseball teams of all time, but look, we're not talking about paper champions. I like what Otani talked about with Kirsten Watson. He mentioned, I've never played in the postseason. So just winning in the regular season and getting to the postseason is going to be big. Yes, I want to win a World Series, but just playing in the postseason is also going to be a major accomplishment too. So more comments here. Otani's dog is the real decoy. That's from golf. Golf, that's a fire, fire take. take. Is Papio gone? Joey has been... Announced as far as the extension goes, but yeah, Pepio. Pepio's taking his stepio to Tampa Bay. Unfortunately, love me some Ryan Pepio, but uh, yeah, he is. Uh, and look, like I said, it's you got to feel 
somewhat you got to feel somewhat uh, good about the fact that you're in that. Hey, DMAT, can I defer at 20? Oh, I know people are, are seeing the deferral jokes, but I'm not. I love them. What up? What up, uh, Diane Schroeder? 199, can you defer this super chat? There you go, Oral Sacks. Pepio is really good. Yankees missing the playoffs again. That's from Johnny. Just kidding, Diane. We got, uh, let's see how many comments I can read, and then I'll get out of here. Sad about Pepio and DeLuca. Would have rather sent out Stone and Bush. That's from Yeah Player. Yeah, but at the same token, you are getting an ace. Would they have accepted that package? Probably not. DMAC, I think the comment that surprised me a bit was even though the Dodgers make the playoffs every year and winning a World Series, they still feel like those have been fails. Yeah, we talked about that, and I agree. That was the, I think, most honest and telling and biggest glimpse into the pitch process by the Dodgers. A lot of it was a lot of fluff and cliche here, cliche there, but I think that was one you can kind of grab on and kind of feel the urgency from the Dodgers in that meeting saying, no, we think – yeah, we have a lot of success last 10 years, but we know that we should have more World Series titles. And we think you are the guy to do that. So I think that that sort of made Otani feel like, yeah, they've had a lot of success, but I can be that missing piece. I can get this team over the hump. They view me as that. So it didn't feel like to Otani, okay, I'm just joining a machine, right? A team that's won multiple World Series. You almost wonder if the Dodgers had won the last two World Series, how would that impact their Otani chances? Because I think Otani likes a challenge, and I still think that despite all the success that the Dodgers have had, he still views this as a challenge, and he views himself as the missing piece to get this team to where they're hoping to get to as a franchise. But yeah, guys, at 1.7 in the chat, definitely Hit that like button. It really helps out the channel, and it uh, definitely helps your boy out. Uh, DMAC, when are you going on Mookie's podcast? Mike, hey, man. Well, I'll go on his. He'll go on mine. and definitely looking to catch up Mookie during spring training. Mookie's great, man. Uh, what up, Brian Gax? What up, Rosemary Rodriguez? Praying Glasnow stays healthy. That's it. Pray that the glass does not shatter, Okay. You shouldn't throw stones if you live in a glass now. Otani, Jersey, Edwin, Duning, D-Mac. Does Yamamoto make a decision before he departs LA? For I think that Roy Estrada, I think that it's going to happen relatively quickly. I'm hoping that at some point after this weekend, we get some news on Yamamoto. This is all fun and games, but uh, this offseason, I think the part of the reason why is, look, I mean, the Yamamoto decision is going to impact the cease trade talks. And when cease get trades gets traded, then do the brewers open things up on, on burns because of all leverage that they could have. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. And at the moment it's no, but still things can change. Posey just spoke facts. San Francisco has gone downhill in the past years. Giants fans are just bitter. If Shohei got the shoey, does glass now get a glass now? John Palmer, I like that. Yeah, we'll we'll sip a little pint for him next time. Dodgers haters have had a terrible week. They have. It is not a fun time to be a Dodgers hater, man. It is not because lots of good things. Like I said, our parents had a very good year last year, guys, because they're buying us all the Christmas presents. We're getting Otani. We got glass now. Margo, little stocking stuffer. Okay, nothing too crazy. You got Jason Hayward, right? A little nice little present there, but I don't think we're done. I think Otani was the big one around the tree that they bring you when they you act like you've opened up everything, then they really shock you. But still, we got some more presents to unwrap for sure. Will Kike return to the Dodgers? I hope so, but it's looking increasingly less likely after the Margot 
Includes in the trade. What up, D-Mag? What up, Guy Kemaseg? Geshmake, Kershaw will be back with the Dodgers. He doesn't want to leave the fans with his last postseason nightmare start. I agree with you, too. And I think that he feels good about what Dr. Neil Elitrach did. I thought that was very interesting that he told Vasse that he actually stayed at Dr. Neil Elitrach's house. But uh, uh, what's up, D-Mac? What up, Haley? D-Mac, how about getting J-Ram and Bieber would help the infield switch? I would. I mean, J-Ram's like my guy, but I just don't see that happening. Anthony Cortez, we're also hyped and excited for Otani that we forgot about Kershaw. Anthony, there's a little bit of that. It's almost like a Toy Story Buzz Lightyear and Woody situation. Kershaw's Woody, right? We got the fancy, I am Buzz Lightyear. That is what Otani is. So there's a little bit of that for sure. Are we still pursuing C's Dame Alex? We'll see. I think it's largely dependent on how they fare with Yamamoto. Of course, they're not going to sign Yamamoto and trade for C's and Glasnow, but if they're looking to fill the two spots at the top of their rotation, I think they absolutely still need to because I highly doubt they're going to sign Snell or Montgomery. And then who are the aces out there, right? Yes, let's be like that Warriors team. Okay, they have a lot of half-assed shorts. Okay, I got to read more. D-Mag, did you see where Artie Moreno didn't want to match the Dodgers offer, even though Otani gave the Dodgers one last chance? I did see that, Mr. John Ron 77 I don't think that necessarily means that, okay, had they matched, he would be an angel, but... There's some differing, conflicting reports on the Angels' involvement towards the end, but, yeah, that's very interesting for sure. Is Yamamoto the final piece? I think he's the final piece for now, for sure, if you were able to get him. And then at some point, you want to leave some trades for the regular season, right? Come on now. Uh, DMAC, do you know if Kirsch was at the meeting with Freeman and Betts? No, he was not, Serge Rod, because he's not a part of the organization right now. He's a free agent. Doug, do you think we could still get Blake Snell? I mean, from everything that we've heard, they're not involved in Blake Snell. Kobe, Malone, Peyton, Shaq, but we going to win. Uh-oh, don't bring up that team, please. Uh, they were close. That team almost won. If it wasn't for Carl Malone's ankle, right? A sub D-Mac. What up? What up? We got that was dope. Bring back Kirsch. Yeah, smash that like button. What about Monty? Trade Muncy. Sign Chapman. Dodgers should include Barnes and CT3 in the Glasnow trade. Can Muncy be an all-star this season? Absolutely. I mean, Muncy was on his way, really. Uh, 36 bombs last season. He for sure could, especially because the all-star is largely predicated on statistics like that. Will he? It remains to be seen, but he for sure could. Gavin doesn't know how to run the base. That's from Ryan. Ben and Nokose with the Kershaw Otani beef. I don't think Kershaw will be back. I don't think there's really beef there. I, I think, I just don't think there's beef there. Uh, they had that little nice little incident where they smiled at each other when Kersh picked him off the All-Star game. Um, I know, of course, you're referring to what happened, of course, in the first recruitment back in 2017 when Kersh said it was a waste of time because he was only going to sign with the team that had the DH. So I understand what you're saying, but a lot of time has passed. I don't think that's it. D-Mac, I'm here for the decoy bobblehead and some Ricky Vasquez. I'm, I'm, naming my first, I'm naming my first son decoy decoy McCain. What do you guys think, man? I love it. Uh, DMAC, we have Trey Sweeney at shortstop from the Yankees for sure. Kirsch, uh, Manny Moda can play anywhere. Manny Moda is going to be in the show at some point. Rick Spiezer. Uh I think Margot is flipped and Kike will be back. Tina Guzman. Interesting. That's, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think right now it, he really feels more like a fourth outfielder. I think that, they view him as an above-average defender when healthy, an average bat, and just kind of having that is uh, provides value for sure, especially when he's including a package with someone who they view as an ace. 
trade for Burns and Seas and sign Yamamoto, and now you have a legit Mitchell Hopkins. Hey, why not, man? Why not? They were playing fantasy baseball there, collecting all the Infinity Stones on that one. Do Otani? No, I would say no. It's a sign Tommy Pham. No, I like them as a trade piece. I like them as a signing. DMAC can't. Uh, can gather on the basement. DMAC, when are you stopping at the Beverly Hills Cheesecake? Why do I always ask me that, Ricardo? I have been there, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2001 Lakers destroyed everyone. 15 won the playoffs for sure. Do you think we're more complete than the Braves? That's a good question. I mean, I think right now, both teams are really good. I would when you got Olsen and Ronald Acuna Jr. and the team, they have still a lot of really young, talented pitchers in a bullpen. Uh, look, give me the Dodgers team over the Braves, especially the Vegas odds will have the Dodgers over the Braves. And like I said, we haven't seen Otani in the postseason, and he might be able to take some pressure off of Mookie, which would take this lineup to a whole other level as well. But <laughs> Uh, Justin, do you think Margot is the final piece, puzzle piece for the outfield, or do you think the door is still open to add someone else? I think the door is absolutely still open to add someone else for sure. And I think that we'll see if if the next, if they strike out on Yamamoto and they try to trade for a cease, every time they've traded for a guy in recent history, it's been for multiple pieces, right? You had Lance Lynn and... Joe Kelly. So maybe a cease deal could include a bat possibly. So you can't rule anything out. Who was also annoyed by the reporter? Yeah, I brought, we talked about that Alex Renteria. You can go back for sure. We all were definitely annoyed by that. Otani's walk-up song, Careless Whisper. I like a decoy McCain. That's what I'm talking about. Yamamoto update. We talked about that right now. It's meeting with teams. You met with the Phillies today. A lot of momentum about the East Coast. I think it just depends on Who's going to pay him the most money? I think at the I think right now, if the Dodgers could get him for three hundred million dollars, ten years, three hundred million dollars clean, I think they absolutely would sign him to that deal. It's just a matter of how high are the Mets going to go? How high are the Yankees going to go? Does he want to share the spotlight with Shohei Otani? Those are kind of the big factors, in my opinion. Feels like a Yankee. Feels like a New York type of guy. Feels like a someone like that. But I love to see him in Dodger blue. It, look, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. Maybe a desperate Giants team. DMAC, I gave a dislike because of this trade. Okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> what, do, do you think we're getting Yamamoto? Be honest. I mean, yesterday I felt like the answer was yes. Today I, I spoke to an insider that told me that he went up on the Yankees, but that's just a guess based on just kind of like gut instinct and where he's at. But I do think that... They pulled out all the stops, and I think the fact that Otani and Freeman and Betts and Smith were part of that recruitment, you have to feel pretty good about the Dodgers' chances. I just The only reservation I have or the only doubt I have that creeps into my mind on Yamamoto is, look, the Dodgers were never going to get outbid for Otani. Never. Whatever the Angels offered, they would match and increase. Blue Jays, match, increase. Giants, match, increase, right? They were going to get Otani because... That was their top priority. They see the marketing possibility. They know what he means beyond just as a player. Yamamoto, I don't think they're going to get into an intense bidding war for. I think they're going to make him a very competitive. They probably already have made him a very competitive, aggressive offer. But I don't think it will reach the heights that it would have for an Otani type of agency, right? They're not going to be as desperate as they were for Otani. So, that's why I wonder, when you look at the Mets wanting to make a splash, the Yankees wanting to make a splash, 
That's what I wonder. Will they go 325? Will they go 350 ultimately? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And then does he want to be a Dodger too? I think he does. But does he want to be a Dodger bad enough to take a little less money? Most of the time, it's all about the money, right? The players go for the money. But that's going to do for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live, guys. Thanks for rocking with us here on another late-night stream. Tell me how much you like these late-night streams. We'll keep bringing these because uh, you guys have been in the chat, and I appreciate the questions up here. Just talking Dodger baseball, my favorite thing to do in the world. Here, Angel, hey, yo, DMAC, it's Bruin Faithful 95 from Bro. After that, does it, hey, bro, hold up. My worlds are colliding here from bro. We've been brewing report online. I never go on that message board. I've never been banned from that board or ever by the great Tracy Pearson. Now, of course, I'm a lifelong bro member, but he's out of the disaster. So nice to have something positive root for what other pitchers can we be in on Sajama and Cease. I mean, look, you can go deeper into the Mitch Keller types for the Pirates or hope that Burns becomes available or you go for a Shane Bieber type. I mean, you could go down that list. But free agency-wise, I just don't think that addressing the front line with guys outside of Yamamoto makes a ton of sense to me. So I think that's kind of where they're at. Like I said, it's 10 to 15 of these guys on the planet. Dylan sees Hepatitis C later, 330. Love the late-night streams. There we go. What up, Diane Shooter? The next stream tomorrow after Yamamoto signing. Yeah, what, do I, what should I do? Should I do a – what do I got to do for a Yamamoto signing? I got You guys let me know. Throw out some ideas. We got to do something crazy if we get Yamamoto because I, I always expected Otani. You guys know I've been saying that literally for years now. And some of it's been on intel. Some of it has been on gut instinct. But Yamamoto, I think I'd be, like, pleasantly shocked a little bit. DMAC after dark. What up, Ryan Montez? Uh, Rams Sunday need a win. Absolutely. DMAC going for tacos right now. Sam, I'm really hungry. I would love some tacos for sure. Send a viewer some sushi. Okay. Um, you're being very DMAC. Thanks, David. I appreciate you, my guy. Yamoto hater. But uh, that's going to do it, guys. Appreciate it. If you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and definitely hit <laughs> Dre. You got to do the Crip Walk DMAC. We signed to the Crip. Okay, sure. I don't know, man, but uh, I'll do my best, man. Play some uh, <laughs> some Corrupt or something. Daz Dillinger, the dog pound. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Asaki Shoey. There we go. We'll do a Saki Shoey. Uh, that's how we'll do it, man. I'll get some hot, I'll get some hot Saki Shoey for sure. But we'll. Uh, uh, definitely celebrate in some way the Macarena San Vasquez but that is gonna do it guys and uh, remember nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball my name is Doug McCain you can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA until next time think blue bleed blue and I'm out Here's the pitch. Oh,